I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer of Mavs.com, and lover of wins. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Finally. Finally, we got a win. The day after Christmas. Good Lord. What a, what a, what a great late gift. Uh, and speaking of gifts, you got Super Smash Brothers, didn't you? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about gifts from the game, like gifts. No. <laughs> I was like, that's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, good segue. I got Super Smash Bros. It was great. I also got a 50-inch TV. It was amazing. To play that on. So great. So basically, all Mavs fans are invited to go to Nick's crib near the beach. And go to the beach and Come play on Super down. Smash Bros. Sure, what why a, not? Come on down. That sounds marvelous. Do you have a favorite <laughs> character that you use on the game? I don't I don't really have a main. If, if I had a main in... Um, in melee, that was the last game that the last Smash that I owned that I really liked, and it was Roy. Okay, that was my okay. main, that was my main, and then in the, in this one you start with a limited amount of characters, and then you just you get more, and so you start unlocking them. Yeah, sweet. Anyway, it's been fun. But, it's been good. But do you have the ice climbers though? Ice climbers. Yes, I do. I do have the <laughs> ice climbers, and every time I pick them, I think about JJ and Devin, and we got tweeted again about J.J. and Devin being ice climbers, and they balled out again tonight. Um, those boys are cold. <laughs> They're so good. Those boys are cold. J.J. and Devin or the ice climbers? Uh, well, one of the ice climbers is a girl, so. Oh, okay, okay. That shows you how much I know about the ice climbers. I don't even know what game they're from, to be honest. Somebody's <laughs> definitely going to tweet me that later today. but <laughs> They'll put you on blast for it. Oh, yeah. But we got to win! Gotta win. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Mavericks. 122 to 119 win over the Pelicans at home. And then, ooh, Isaac. We got to get into this. We haven't talked about it yet. Obviously, we did over Christmas and the day after Christmas. We did the you know trade targets the Mavericks could potentially pursue from the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. But there is a trade... There's a trade piece mentioned by a prominent reporter, Mark Stein, and then again by Tim McMahon, and so we will discuss all of that. I'm sure you guys have seen it. It was mentioned in Stein's newsletter, and so we will talk all about that. Maybe give some opinions, but really try to skirt around most of, the, <laughs> most of those. But we'll, uh, we'll discuss it coming up and uh, after we talk about this game. So that's what we're talking about today. Isaac, what do you think about the Maxi Kleba starting lineup. Absolutely. I mean, well, we've been pushing for Maxi to get more minutes, but I've been mainly thinking about that off the, off the bench. I, um, when they inserted him right before the game, man, I, I got super excited. One, because George Randall always kills us. So this uh, actually having someone in there to um, to battle with, with Randall, I thought that was a, an awesome move. And thinking back to the last time we played the Pelicans, I want—I feel like we mentioned it either after the game or before the game of saying this would be a game that you could have started Maxi on to guard Randall because they have these two bigs. 
and because um, they obviously put DeAndre on Anthony Davis. And we'll move on. And <laughs> um, but, but yeah, Maxi just gives it a different feel. But you obviously move Luca to point Luca, and uh, you know Brunson with Dennis Smith Jr. still being out. Brunson's been you know starting in his place and moving uh, Brunson to the bench and completely out of the rotation. <laughs> yeah, that um, was kind of weird tonight. That, that was that was weird. But um, yeah, he just gives it a different a different feel, different look, and his ability to. Uh, his weak side defense is just amazing. You just talking about Maxi? Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about DeAndre. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre for no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I was talking about uh, talk, talking about Maxi for sure. Yeah, I say weak side, but even just his defense in general, it just gives the whole team just a, a spark on that end. Yeah, the weak side is good, and then switching. He had a block on and uh, Drew Holiday that was good. He's he has some. He's had some good plays. Obviously, he had six blocks tonight. 10.6 blocks, three boards, two of them offensive. Uh, he had a massive dunk in this game. He he was plus five. He was he led the Mavericks in plus five. I was going to say, or, guess, who, guess who was the leader in plus, plus minus, minus for the Mavs? Yeah, yeah. So that was good. Uh, two of five from three, so that's good. We like that. And uh, four, five, four, four of nine from the field. So he, he had a great game. It was kind of the Maxi Kleba block party earlier in the game. And we got some Dirk in this game, too. We got almost 12 minutes of Dirk. He hit a three. It was awesome. He also got to the foul line. Uh, he got knocked over again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love Anytime it. Anytime Dirk falls down, it should be an automatic foul. <clears throat> uh, but with Maxi, you know what's cool about the Maxi effect is to where he worked all summer on his shot and all this stuff, and his shot does look better, even though the percentages uh, have not been in his favor over the past month or so. But... With Maxi is he demands that respect now from the outside, and you saw two plays in the second half tonight yeah. in which Anthony Davis closed out on him, and he drove right past Anthony Davis. One of them was kind of uh, with his left hand and up and like kind of up and under with the left, and the other one was baseline uh, with his right and went in and just flushed it home, like a big big time dunk. And that's the different part of his game that uh, that that's impressive and. If he can hit the open set shot and he hit you know hit two out of five tonight, like Nick said, but now he gains that respect to where he can pump fake that and even get guys like Anthony Davis to leave the ground or commit to that, then he can get to the basket. And that's huge. That's huge for Dallas if they leave him in the starting unit. That's huge for him if he plays the five. Um, his future on the team at the five, um, if that ever – uh, happens, but it looks like uh, right now they're uh, still fully committed to Max Kleb at the four. Yeah, that pump and run game is something that's really changed for him. He's he's just able to do so much more with that if he's able to pull it off. And yeah, he did it a couple times on Anthony Davis. And just, I mean, Anthony Davis is one of the best defensive players in the NBA, and he's not one of these big plotting guys. And he just drove right past him. <laughs> it's kind of wild to see how quick he can <laughs> he can not only just pull up. And uh, or just just it's put it on the floor and drive in for a for a, a layup after the pump fake, but just how fast he's able to to execute that. It was, it was he, good to see. And like I mean, we we've talked about his blocks and everybody's talking about his blocks tonight, but he's so smart defensively. Like even the shot against Etwan Moore when Etwan Moore drove the lane and he like hung in the air and brought the ball back and shot. If you notice, Maxi jumps straight up on that play to just you know contend with just straight up arms and no foul. But then once he brings the ball down, then Maxi 
goes for the block in a smart way to where he you know he just gets the ball and it's a block like <clears throat> the the help side block on Julius Randle like watch Luca I tweeted out a gif of but like watch Luca on anybody's highlight of his play Luca watches Randle kind of bulldoze West and it's kind of just standing there <laughs> and was like all right Julius you know, that's your dunk that's not me out of nowhere, here comes Maxi flying from the corner. Like his 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 guys in the corner, and here comes Maxi, not even in the frame of the of the highlight, uh, or at least from the angle from underneath the goal. Here comes Maxi out of nowhere and blocks the Julius Randall dunk layup off the backboard. That's just instincts, and that's just like that is so hard to teach in a player defensively. And just his instincts of and the timing of being able to leave your defender and know that you're going to get there in time to where it's not like a Nerlens type thing. It's where you're just jumping at everything. Wow, shots. And, and <laughs> I love Nerlens. Well, like he just chased everything. So and, shots on <laughs> Isaac Harris. Oh, um, but hates on And <laughs> stop it. Yeah, you know I take up for him. I took up for him. Um, hot <laughs> took, take. Hot. Took. He said took. That's that's past tense word. <laughs> Uh, but no, man, Ma- yeah, Maxi, uh, great game. What a great showing for uh, when you get a spot start like this to uh, what a message to send of saying, hey, this might not be a, uh, just a spot start. Man, we just did not see this Maxi Kleba shot blocking machine last year. It, we saw it a couple, there's a couple games where we would see him get a couple blocks. He had three to four blocks in a game twice last season and he had more than five twice so he had five blocks twice last season so we saw it a couple times we saw it sparingly but just not these this consistent you know every time he comes in it feels like he's blocking three shots <laughs> seems like every time he comes in he's swatting shots or moving shots away and or you know it's, it's insane to see just the progression I, i'm not sure if he's gotten better his or if his uh, I'm sure he's gotten better, but it, or if his you know role changed where he's now playing with Dwight Powell and he's not playing you know next to Dirk as much and Dirk has taken up kind of that space under the under the basket and you know it's just, it's interesting to just see where his game has come and that the combination of Dwight Powell and Max Kleba is one of the best you know big man combinations off the bench I think and, and what a <clears throat> what a solution to 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 a lot of the problems right now over the past couple of weeks is how do you acclimate Dirk to this new uh, bench system? Oh my gosh, Maxi Dirk Powell, Maxi Dirk Powell. Everybody's like, who gets minutes? Well, no one was throwing Brunson into that equation of saying, okay, <laughs> to where it might cause Brunson minutes, and you start Maxi and then allow Dirk and Dwight to be there. So. Now Brunson is thrown in, into that equation of the Brunson, Powell, Maxi, all that stuff. But I think the real question, I think it's a no doubt, a no brainer that that Maxi's going to start this next game against New Orleans. I I want to see if he starts against Jeremy Grant. That's when you see if it's if this if this goes like it does uh, or like it did tonight, and it goes that way for the second game against New Orleans coming up, or the next game. Does he stay in the starting unit against Jeremy Grant in OKC on Sunday? That, that's the question, I think. That's definitely a big question. We will talk about that and more about this game against the Pelicans coming up next. All right, Isaac. So we gave Maxi Kleba a lot of love. We talked about him a lot. We just got somebody that tweeted us and said, please talk about Maxi Kleba for 45. This is from Drew Wright. Talk about Maxi for 45 minutes, please, and thank you. <laughs> 
probably not. But we also need to talk about Luka Doncic because he is, continues to be the closer that he is. Driving in there with 42 seconds left to get a foul. and should. Oh, got, wait. Was that the one he actually got a foul on? Should have got a continuation? Sh- Stop. Should have got a continuation? <coughs> Probably. Should have got a continuation on that. Should have got the foul on which he fell down. Anthony Davis, like, pile-drived him on the ground. Uh, which I'm not even – I don't – the, the shot – was literally bleeding. Like, the, and what's crazy is the shot to the mouth, I don't even think should have been a foul because that was at the, like, like when Anthony Davis fell. That was, like, kind of unintentional whatever. It's the foul on the shot, and then Anthony Davis, like, throat, you know. Shoved his face. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? How is that not a foul? And I tweeted out the gif of at the end of the first half when he just completely shook Drew Holiday, and he, he got fouled on the three, and he fell down and got three free throws and stuff. <laughs> And it's so funny because of the hype Luca's gotten now and how many haters are. So many Rockets fans, different people like quote tweeting that gift that I and was like, what a flop. Oh, people hand harden, you know, why not Luca? And like all this stuff. And it, I, I just laugh about it. The funny thing is, during the broadcast, they went back and they they showed Luca pregame and he was practicing that exact thing. He was practicing the flop. I mean, if James Harden and some of these guys uh, no, I, I can never be a pro flopper. I can't do that. I love Luca to death, but I, I can't. I can never that's take. That's what he was doing. He was practicing taking the shot, throwing his legs out, and then falling down. I don't care if that's part of the game or not. I can't. I can't defend that. Twelve free throws. Twelve free throws. No, no three pointers for for Luca tonight. But twelve, uh, twelve free throws. And he should have. He should have had more. Like he, he is a master at at drawing fouls. And like it's not. I, majority of them are not flops like he just he's so smart he there's so many of the little things about lucas game that are that he already has in his arsenal at 19 that's just unbelievable his off ball movement just watch him move off the ball sometimes players just can't players can't figure that out 10 years into the league the the smart cuts and where to go on the court sometimes and how to shake a defender just to get a ball get the ball how to like just get open and just watch some of the guys that guard him sometimes. Watching Drew Holiday in some possessions tonight. Just try to follow him around the court. And it, just seeing Luca, the spins and cuts and fakes. and uh, It's little stuff like, like that that I try to look for. Because we, we all love the, the spectacular highlights. But what, the little stuff of the game that takes veterans years to master, it feels like he already has. And it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Ten assists, one turnover. Yeah, that's wild. That's and he got wild. a steal, so he made up for the turnover. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He just, he has all these things, and some of the some of the the fouling and drawing contact is just because he's not as fast, and so he needs to be able to create that separation. And usually, that comes from taking some contact and then reacting to it, like reacting to it real quick and, and yeah. able to throw up a shot. And it's just interesting to see how if you're not there's a contrast between the way the way Dennis operates around the rim and the way Luca operates around the rim because they're completely different players. They're completely different like humans. <laughs> they're just built so differently. Dennis is Dennis, yeah. super speedy, really springy guy. Where Luca is this in in comparison to Dennis, he's this plotting, you know, kind of bigger, shifty guy. And to see how Dennis Dennis is able to avoid contact because he's so fast and so elusive, and that's when we have this problem. Of you know, Dennis needs to get to the free throw line more. Well, he's not drawing the contact like Luca is. Now Luca's obviously a bigger body. He you know 
like we said, he's not as fast, and so defenders catch up to him, you know, better than than Dennis. But it's interesting to see the contrast in in their two games and how we've really hoped for Dennis to get to the free throw line, where Luca already you know, kind of has that. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's just like experience stuff. I mean, it's just that too, where where Luca's just played overseas for so long, and he just has this uncanny ability to just draw the defender in and then just embrace the contact. And he, yeah, he does sell it. And that it feels like he's on the ground all the time in the game sometimes, but his, <clears throat> I tweeted out tonight, this gif of uh, Nicholas Cage. And I was like, this is free agent, big man mm-hmm. thinking like, imagine playing with, with Luca because like, and not, okay. I don't want, I don't want to take everything, anything away. Or, well, a little bit, but I don't want to take everything away from Deandre <laughs> Jordan, but he makes life so much easier for DeAndre sometimes, and uh, it's those just, pick and roll passes, like right in the pocket, man, right yeah, where like, they need to be. Free agent, like upcoming free agent bigs, they have to be watching DeAndre Jordan, saying, "Oh my gosh," just licking their chops, saying, "Luca, Luca is going to make some free agent big big men some massive money," and uh, he, what Chris Paul, kind of. What Chris Paul does for like a Clint Capella and like DeAndre Jordan, um, Luka Doncic kind of has that type of effect for uh, the the rim rolling big. Because even sometimes where like you feel like oh they took away the rim roller, he can't get the pass in there. Luka gets the pass in there somehow, and uh, it just uh, just tiny little things of head movements and looking off the defenders. And it seems like it's like five or six times a game Luka finds DeAndre underneath the basket for some dunk or lay in or something, and not ever not every player can do that. No. And he's hey guys, did we mention that he's 19 and that last year he was playing overseas in the second best league in the world? It's going to suck when he turns 20 cuz then we can't say the 19 thing. Anymore. He, guys, do you know he's only 20? <coughs> you know he just turned 20? That that'll be 20, the thing. 20 doesn't sound he, as good though. He just turned 20. <laughs> oh no, no, this is the thing we'll do. Guys, did you know he's not even allowed to drink yet? Yes, yes, that will be the new thing. <coughs> And we'll we'll use that for a while, yeah, for a whole year, for a year at least. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Unless he goes on, no, never mind. Uh, I know you mentioned Dirk, but I thought Dirk looked a little bit better tonight. By the way, Dirk's coming back, man. <clears throat> Just give him time. Like he's never going to be a a gazelle out there, but you know the the shot is what you know the shot is what we need, and him draining that three, oh, just just. I don't know. Just put that in my veins. Just put that on my TV and repeat. Like I could just watch him uh, hit hit a three pointer for as long as I live. And I'm proud of the AAC crowd that they understand this notion that we've been talking about all off season and all the beginning of this season as Dirk was trying to get himself back in the lineup. They <coughs> they're cheering every single shot as if it is his last. Yeah. And just just to think of everything Dirk gives us this season is just icing on the cake. It's just you know extra, like you've been saying this whole beginning of the season. It's completely true, and I think they're they're acting like it. And yeah, there's probably a lot of fans in there that this could be the last time they see Dirk play in person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And some of, some fans in there could be the first time they're seeing him. And it's the last time they're seeing him. <clears throat> um, but like, yeah, just what. Just, just let him be. Let's let let Dirk be Dirk this year, and let don't, him don't try to take a three. <laughs> let him be. Uh, don't come criticizing this game and come after him. Just enjoy it. And <clears throat> I've been thinking about it over the past few days because you know when you're with like family and stuff and people that are not 
like completely plugged into the Mavericks all the time, which not too many people in your life out, you know, uh, that are as plugged into the Mavericks as people who listen to this podcast or us and yeah, like none, stuff like that. None. How about and, uh, none of the people in my life right now? So, so when you see family members none and stuff, people. like Dirk is the Mavericks, you know, like that's that's their go to question. Oh, He's still Dirk, there. Still there? Dirk, a Dirk's, tall European Dirk's still there? there? <laughs> a tall white guy still there? Um, and now it's like, oh, y'all got a new European kid, didn't you? Like a new Dirk and. You know, that's like a new thing, but Yo. you know, Dirk's been brought up from my friends back home and family and stuff over the past few days and it's made me think about Dirk more and it I almost feel like a convicting feeling about it of I just don't want us to look past to like move on, yeah. Dirk this year. I don't I don't want to move on so fast. And I feel like we I, it's a bittersweet feeling because we have Luca and it's amazing and we wouldn't want it any any other way, but I just don't want us to look past him, and I don't. I don't want to turn that page yet. Embrace Luca, love Luca, but don't turn the Dirk page yet. Soak up every moment we have of him, and we're gonna wish he was still there for many years to come when it's all done. Completely agree. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, ooh, Mark Stein said some things. He he said some things. Tim McMahon. <laughs> Tim Tim McMahon said some things too about Dennis Smith Jr., the Mavericks, and trades. We'll talk about it coming up next. And Isaac chewing ice. All right, we're back. <laughs> we're definitely making it in. All right. So Mark Stein had some things to say about Dennis Jr. It was an interesting report. It came in his weekly newsletter that you can get uh, you know, on New York Times. You can go on their website. I'm sure you can find a, a pretty easy link to go and subscribe to that. I subscribe to it. It's great. He has all kinds of little, you know, tidbits in there. And this is the entire thing. I tweeted it out earlier this week, but I'll read the entire thing to you. The Dallas Mavericks insist they are not shopping the second year guard, Dennis Smith Jr., but it's a situation rival teams are monitoring. All right. That's the, that's the headline. That's like the the beginning (laughs) opening thing. So for anything that you guys have heard or seen or thought or thought that we implied or anything, that's what it says. The Dallas Mavericks insist they are not shopping the second-year guard, Dennis Smith Jr., but it's a situation that rival teams are monitoring. He goes on. The instant emergence of the Dallas rookie, Luka Doncic, combined with the longstanding skepticism about Smith's ability to flourish alongside Doncic in an off-ball role capacity has spawned the expectation among many executives that Smith will eventually be moved. Smith has played in only three of Dallas's 12 December games thus far. This is kind of old. This is old now, but 2017's number nine overall pick is bound to attract interest, along with the veteran swingman Wes Matthews in the final year of his contract. If, and then in parentheses, he says when question mark the ever active Mavericks decide it's time to reconfigure the roster, they're already plotting to build around Doncic. Okay, that last part, completely agree. If you listen to this podcast, if you listen to any podcast that we've done since. I don't yep. know. June, <laughs> this is the thing we've been Since saying. Since we drafted Luca, yeah, You're building around Luca. It's, it's happened immediately. But this idea, the idea that they're, they want to move on maybe from Wes Matthews is not new. They, we knew that they shopped him last year. Mark Stein reported that, that they shopped yep. him last year on the trade deadline. The idea that they would think about moving Dennis is something that Mark Stein refutes here. And then he talks about how rival executives are monitoring the situation, just like we've been talking about this situation, thinking, you know, the fit isn't that great. And if you're not watching them day in and day out, if you're not completely invested in Dennis like Mavs fans are 
and like we are, then you're not thinking about it in terms of, well, we have to make this work. You're just thinking about him as a piece. And so how we talk about all these trade targets, you know, around other teams, this is the same way that, that rival execs probably look at the guys in the Mavericks. That All that being said, Tim McMahon had some things to say about this Mark Stein newsletter. Yeah, so so Tim McMahon uh, quote tweets Mark Stein, and I'll read word for word uh, Tim McMahon's tweet and says, um, Stein, Mark Stein mentions expectation among execs around the league that Dennis, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. will eventually be moved. Mavs tell Steiny that they aren't shopping Smith, but that's semantics. Execs from other teams tell me that the Mavs are at least gauging the market for their 2017 lotto pick. He goes on to say, of course, Dennis Smith Jr. being silent by a sore wrist doesn't help his trade value, the Mavs' ability to evaluate his adjustment to fitting with Luka Doncic or Dallas's efforts to win now. So, McMahon adds to it and says that the Mavs are gauging the market for Dennis. However, over the not this past summer, but the two summers before that, I was at Summer League. I was part of something called the Sports Business Classroom with Larry Kuhn. It's a great thing. You should Google that. Check it out. Sports Business Classroom. It was amazing. It was a great experience. I got to go to NBA Summer League in Las Vegas and got to learn all about the ins and outs of working in basketball. Tons of guest speakers. And the most interesting guest speakers were the assistant GMs. The assistant GM, Mike Zarin of the uh, Celtics, and then the assistant GM of the Wizards that I can't remember his name off the top of my head. They came and spoke. And we got to do, it was just kind of a panel. We got to ask a ton of questions to them and just get the idea of what does a GM do? What does an assistant GM do? What do you, how do trades work? How do you call in trades? You know, all, all the, all this nerdy stuff that, that maybe you guys are interested in. Maybe you're not. But the thing that I learned the most from those guys is that literally GMs talk on the phone all the time <laughs> all day they're always talking they're always talking to other gms they're always talking to guys on other teams and it's just this little community where they're all talking going back and forth and they're all just gauging interest on all these guys all the time so the idea that donnie nelson has made a call gauged interest on dennis smith jr is not something that should concern anybody that is a huge Dennis Smith Jr. stand. That is just something that is normal. There are certain players on the Mavericks that they would not gauge interest in, and I think those the only two are Luka and Dirk. I think those are the only two yes. players that the Mavericks probably would not even suggest on the phone. I think if, let's say, you know, <laughs> Danny Ainge is on the phone with Donnie Nelson and says, hey, what do you think about, you know, Luca? What, you know, what about like a Jalen, Jalen Brown and, and all this stuff? <laughs> Immediately, Donnie would just laugh at him. He would be laughed off. There's only a few players like that. Dennis has not risen to that level yet. And so I think that they have gauged interest for him. Just like Tim McMahon said, this is a normal thing that happens with a lot of GMs. So to me, is this news? No. Um. Okay. Here couple things I want to start off with. First off, I've said this plenty of times before. There are not any more um, two people that I trust or believe with Mavs news that are as plugged in as Mark Stein and Tim McMahon. Those guys have been around the team for years. They have covered the team for years, and especially Mark Stein. Mark Stein has deep connections with... Mavs front office. 
he has been here since the very beginning. Uh, he started off in Dallas. He <clears throat> went to Germany to watch Dirk when he was a kid, you know, basically um, during that whole process. Like Mark Stein is, um, he is as plugged in as anybody. When, <clears throat> if Dirk announces his retirement via um, a report or a person or anything, and I had to put money down on it, it would go through Mark Stein. I don't we know how he put money down on it. It would go through Mark Stein. I think it would, you know, however, I don't know how that whole process is going to work whenever the day comes. Hopefully it's not soon. Um, so anyway, and, and I just want to say this, when this, just, this comes to anything in life, but this principle of just because you don't want something to be true doesn't mean that it's not true. Because I saw so much stuff on social media of saying, of putting Stein and McMahon on blast, saying, it's just not true. It's just national reporters creating stuff. Yeah. And because we love Dennis and that just doesn't happen. <clears throat> we fall into that trap sometimes of, of all kinds of things in life. Of, well, I don't believe that. So therefore, it's not true. <laughs> you know, so like. Hey, you know that, who falls into that more than anybody? <laughs> You know who does that more than anybody in the world probably right now? <laughs> should you enlighten us, Nick, or should you not? Anyway, keep going. <laughs> so the I just want to preface with, the, All right, keep going. <laughs> with that of saying uh, if Stein puts something in a newsletter like that, um, it is not completely out of left field. So it is definitely a situation. I, I, th I think it, <clears throat> it's a little bit more. I think I take it a little bit more as news than you do. Um, just because it's something that we have talked about on this pod since the summer, like you said, yeah. but hearing a national person, especially like Stein, that I, I can't say a hundred percent of the fact, but like you, I would very strongly say that he talked to the Mavs before this came out. You know, obviously he did because he said the Mavs refuted and say, we're not shopping and all this stuff. It's how much did Luca accelerate this rebuild? That's the thing of. How much did was Luca supposed to be the cherry on top, and now he's became like so much of the cake because he is immediately. Uh, I don't know. I was going with like a cake and yeah, a, you a put cherry cherries on, on your cake. <laughs> what now? What a, a milkshake? Sunday? No, it's a Sunday. Uh, a Sunday? Okay, okay. He's the ice. <laughs> he's become the ice cream. Yes, in to where like and DeAndre he is has the left banana. How much? <laughs> and this is the the conversations that. That the that the Dallas has to figure out right now because it's what we've said all along. It's never been about Dennis's talent. We love Dennis. We think Dennis is going to be good. I think Dennis will be just fine. He's going to be a really good player in this league. It's just a matter of it's not nothing against Dennis, but Luca is the the star right now. He is the face of the franchise for the next years to come. We just got done saying that Luca was the primary ball handler in the game last night, and he had ten assists and one turnover. I mean, Luca needs the ball in his hands. Yeah, so it's never been about Dennis. It's just a matter of when you have the star, then you have to build around the star. Now, here's the thing. what, How how long are you willing to wait to see if certain pieces will develop into those, those roles around your star? So when I say how much did Luca accelerate the rebuild, that's the that's the question that that we will see over the next month or so Years. is answered is answered because if <clears throat> we're still believers in Dennis and all this stuff and we think he's going to be a really good player and the Mavericks think he's going to be a really good player 
but it's like in two years, then heck yeah, or three years. You hold on to him and say, this could be something special, really special. This combo could be something really special in three to five years. But if the Mavericks are looking at it saying, you know what, Luka is so good right now, we want it to be a... a Jared Goff situation with the Rams of saying he's so good right now that we can spend our cap on all these other things and go for a win now, right now, at the beginning of his career, over the first three years of his career, and go win now mode. If that's the case, then you can see it, what they do over the next month or so with Dennis, if they think Dennis will take more and more time. So, like, that's the thing is how much did Luka accelerate everything? And I think – Dallas's roster moves over the next month or so will show them will show us how much patience they have with Dennis in this system and in this fit alongside Luca. If that makes does that make any sense? I feel like I kind of went in a circle. It does. It just we'll we'll see. <laughs> and whatever their decision is, we'll we'll see soon what they decide. If they decide that they think Dennis and Luca can can try, or they want to try a little bit longer. <clears throat> And they won't make a move as, as quickly. And, and here's a question for you to think about, too. If Dallas is sitting back saying, you know what, we're just, I'm saying if they are, if the front office is sitting there back saying, you know what, I don't know about this fit. And there's a little bit of question. I don't know if, if he's going to be that, that fit next to Luka. If that's what they're saying, then here, here's the question for you to ponder. Will his value decrease over time? Will it turn into a Markel Fultz? Now, I'm not saying that extreme, but will it turn into a situation like that to where a Frank you don't think Nilakina? But like, if if Dennis comes back fully healthy, 100, percent and he doesn't like kill it, and they play longer and longer and longer, and teams see him longer and longer and longer, not reaching that full potential that we think he will hit someday, then will his value among other teams go down when they like? Oh, well, is this just the player he is? When it's kind of like a bird in a cage, and people think that the bird can only fly as much in the cage, but really he needs to fly outside of the cage, and then you can really see how much he can flap his wings. You laughing at my analogies tonight? Your analogies are killing it tonight. You got <laughs> cherries Stop. on top of cakes. You got birds flying all over the place. No, but what I'm saying is like it, it could be a situation. <clears throat> it could be a situation where teams start to view Dennis's his value as a player as this bird inside the cage when really he should be like on his own, like flying on his own. And if they're if they think he can be this on his own, will that will those thoughts go away if they see him for a longer period of time alongside Luca? That's where Dallas, that's the tricky spot in all of it, you know? Of like will his value go down if he plays more and he doesn't go to that next level along alongside Luca? Is there an intrigue factor now to where teams are like, oh he hadn't played very good, but we think he can be a star right now. Like, is there so many questions when it comes to that? And <clears throat> so, yeah, the Stein thing, he didn't say Dallas was shopping them. He didn't say anything. He just said that other teams are monitoring the situation because other teams, newsflash, if we're talking about it and fans are talking about the fit between Dennis and Luca, yeah, other franchises are talking about it too. And they're super intrigued because Dennis is, is a heck of a player. He's going to be a heck of a player. And they want to know can they can other teams or wanting to know can they capitalize on a weird fit a weird roster fit to find their point guard of the future so that that's this but it all comes down to how much time is Dallas willing to give it and their moves over the their moves or lack of moves over the next month or so will show their patience in the Dennis Luca pairing. Completely agree. 
I think Isaac said it best. I think we're going to leave it at that. Uh, do you know who else had a 10-plus 10, 10 assist and less than one turnover per game night this season? What, rookie? Ooh. Rookie. Yeah, Luca, Luca did it against Denver. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that was the only time? Luca did it against Denver. Trey Young also did it against Atlanta or against uh, Cleveland. Do you know who did it last season? Oh, gosh. Dennis. Dennis. Dennis wow. also against Denver. <laughs> huh. Dennis had 18 points, 11 assists, and one turnover against Denver in a win in March. That's incredible. Hmm. Ben Simmons did it. One, two, four. Six times last year, Lonzo Ball did it once. Frank did it once. Milos did it once. Oh, Lonzo did it twice. Malcolm Brogdon did it once. Oh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. That guy. So those are the last times that a rookie has ever done that. It's interesting. So, all right, guys. Well, tweet us. I'm sure you will. What you think about the, the Dennis Smith Jr. news or is it not news? Tweet us what you think about the game. And, uh, man, holidays are, are over. We're, we're, we're still – cooking and running and we appreciate everybody that listened it looked like a normal week as far as downloads wise so it's crazy Nick, didn't Nick. change anything we had a good day today so guys we appreciate you joining us yeah uh nick texted me late christmas night i was like bro we had uh this amount of downloads today which is crazy I'm like whoa like uh there was a ton of y'all that uh listened on christmas day and it was super cool some of y'all are like stocked but like right now i haven't listened to podcasts in like four or five days so some of you are about to head home on a long drive or flights and stuff and you have like podcasts stacked on top of each other and pods like a big mac pods. burger or something you know going with some analogies more and uh yeah <laughs> you're about to listen some of you if okay i want to know if some of you listen to us and you have podcasts stocked stacked on top of each other if some of you listen to us more than three hours straight i want to hear from you <laughs> because <laughs> i'm yeah, really it, intrigued by it <laughs> yeah you need some help if you listen to three hours of podcasts back to back to back i want i want to hear from you because that's dedication and that that is uh that's some true love for for a podcast hey that's what the raccoon squad is made of i expect nothing less and some of you are sitting there saying hey i'm a dedicated fan because i listen to y'all on christmas i made time for y'all on christmas day i'm like hey Shout out to you too. That's big Shout time. outs. Shout outs to all those people. We appreciate it. And uh, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Max. Peace out. Boom. Win. Stay. No, just win. This is going to go out on Thursday.